Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Eric Montross, Tar Heel Sports Network, drops by in about 30 minutes. Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer on some NFL and some college hoops, March Madness style. Joining us next, he's the son of an NBA player. He's built an impressive NBA career of his own, although he's sidelined for injury reasons, at least temporarily. He was a first-team All-ACC guy and a third-team All-American in 2009 when he left Duke and entered the NBA early. Gerald Henderson, eight-year NBA veteran. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good, brother. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Despite that very impressive resume, I still consider your closest accomplishment to miracle status being building a podcast with the same guy whose face you bloodied while he played for your arch rival. I mean, that's got to be near the top. When all is said and done, Gerald, and you're talking to, like, your great-grandchildren, are you going to squeeze that story in there somewhere? Because it's basically unbelievable, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's definitely one of the more challenging um, things that I've had to do in my career, I guess, uh, before at least for it to happen. Uh, it was more challenging on, on Tyler Winsborough's side, who was the recipient of a, uh, I'd say, hard personal foul. <laughs> Gerald Henderson is joining us. Your, your phone might be tilted just a little bit, so we're not getting you super clearly, but I'll keep it okay. going here. Uh, it's called the Tobacco Road Podcast with Tyler Hansbrough. You can actually follow that on Twitter at Tobacco Road Pod and Gerald personally on Twitter at G underscore Hender 09. When it comes to a Duke Carolina week, this Saturday night, obviously the rematch in Durham, do either you and Hansbrough have any kind of a tradition before or after or during the games, or how about even you and your good buddy from high school, Wayne Ellington, you end up at Duke, he ends up at Carolina. I know you're still buddies. How does that work during a, a game week? Oh, well, you know, I, I speak to Wayne, um, you know, a few times a week. So, but when it comes to Duke UNC, especially when you got guys uh, on your team who are on the opposite side, it's an automatic either $100 bet <laughs> or it's a, you know, it's a dinner it's something like that. It's automatic. You don't. It's not even discussed. So, <laughs> with Wayne, I'm, I'm down at dinner at least um, at a really nice restaurant. So uh, we'll see if we can get that back this weekend. Do you watch these games with the enemy? Uh, typically not. Typically not. I, I've I've actually, you know, my career. I've been in Charlotte for six years. Oh, I was in Charlotte for six years, so I was able to come to a few right. and sit in our in our section. I only come to the game at least thus, thus far um, and watch it at, at Cameron. Um, and then typically, I'm either I'm watching it at home. I don't really like to be around Tar Heels, man. I get a little too excited, <laughs> and um, it, it really ruins. Uh, the game for me. Gerald Henderson, former Duke star, eight-year NBA veteran, is joining us here on the David Glenn Show. Um, you probably caught wind of this, especially as you do your own podcast, but among others, ESPN's Jay Williams, another former Duke star, and also Jalen Rose, came out recently and said that here in the month of March, with March Madness becoming this great, rich American tradition and the NCAA still, in their eyes, exploiting especially the top men's basketball players, Jalen and Jay say they're in favor of today's players boycotting the NCAA tournament. Tell us, A, would, would you advise today's players that way yourself? And also add, 
you know, take us back to when you were the 20-year-old or 21-year-old and you're looking forward to playing in this tournament. I mean, how would that message hit your ears when you've worked the whole season and maybe even your whole life to get to this platform and then somebody's advising you to utilize it for political purposes? That's tough, Dave, man. It's, um, I, did, I did hear those guys say that. And, um, you know, it's just, it just overall, I think, goes to show you how much, uh, you know, things have gotten separated from just the game. You know, like, uh, you know, you grow up as a kid and you learn to play, you, you fall in love with the game, you watch guys in college, you say, okay, I want to be a national champion. Um, you know, then you want to go to the NBA. And it's just for the love of the game. And now there's so much money involved. Um, there's so many, you know, it's agents, it's NCAA, it's so much more involved in it uh, nowadays that, um, you know, it kind of takes away from the purity of the game. To, to say if I was a college kid, could I uh, forego NCAA or the, the NCAA tournament? That'd be hard to say. Not, not in the position that I was. I was a, you know, I, probably a lottery pick. I wasn't going to be a top five for sure pick. So for me, the NCAA tournament was a chance for me to showcase, yeah. um, you know, my skills, maybe move up in the draft or something like that. Um, for some guys, uh, you know, who are, who are going to be top, top picks, you know, some guys could quit today and still be a top three pick in the draft. So um, in that sense, you know, it could be a good idea for those kind of guys. But, uh, you know, I, I think the, the NCAA, is a, it's, it's a beautiful tournament. And, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of money involved. But, um, you know, also like for a guy like, like Jay Williams, who's my guy, you know, if <laughs> that's a suggestion for somebody else to do. Yeah. You know, he works for ESPN. He's he's taking a chunk of that of that uh, that money too. You know, it's his job to to present uh, NCAA college basketball to the world. So he's getting some of it too. So it's it's so it's so much involved. But um, you know, it's it's just tricky. Gerald Henderson is joining us. He turned that 2009 season into lottery pick status. He was number 12 overall back in 2009, selected by the then Charlotte Bobcats, has gone on to almost a decade-long career with Charlotte in Portland and my Philadelphia 76ers as well, for whom his dad also starred. I would buy a ticket. I'd get some popcorn. I might even pay like a couple hundred dollars for a ticket. You, who I know loves Coach K, Coach K, who I know loves you, can you imagine the conversation if you had to go into him and say, Coach, you know, for philosophical reasons, I'm going to boycott the uh, NCAA tournament. I love you, and I love Duke, and I love our, my teammates, and, and I, I know all the work we put in. Like, I want to be a fly on the wall, as Gerald Henderson <laughs> tells Kay. Sorry, man, I, I got to bail on you as your first team All-ACC guy because I'm going to sort of, you know, send the NCAA a message about this exploitation stuff. Can you even imagine how that would going you know um i you know i can't imagine it i can't imagine it because i've had coach k sit in my living room um you know and tell me you know i, I want you to come to duke i think you should you know be an all-american i think you should do this and that was hard to tell him no there yep. you know like he's very convincing i've had the same thing when i had to tell him that uh i was going to the nba yeah you know he 
he wanted the best for me, but he also wanted me to stay. So I had to tell him no there. So, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to do. You know, Coach K is um, obviously a dear friend and mentor to me, yeah. but I can't imagine sitting. <laughs> you know, that'd be a tough, that'd be a tough thing because oh. he's, made, he's made his mark and a lot of his legend yeah. off of that tournament. So um, that'd be a tough thing to do. Gerald Henderson, check out his Tobacco Road podcast with former UNC star Tyler Hansbrough on Twitter at Tobacco Road Pod. Follow Gerald personally at G underscore Hender 09. I don't know how many conclusions to draw. I think you've seen a lot of all these former Duke teams that I'm going to mention here, plus this year's team, of course, as they host the Tar Heels on Saturday night. In 2012 with star freshman Austin Rivers and 2014 with star freshman Jabari Parker and maybe even last year where Jason Tatum wasn't the best player because Luke Kennard was there, but, but it felt like in those three years, Duke ended up with first weekend NCAA tournament exits in part because they never figured out their chemistry, right? And yet in 2015, yeah. senior guard Quinn Cook and those three mega-talented freshmen did figure it out, and they win the national championship with three one-and-done guys. What do you see, pro or con or in-between, with this year's version of that, where Grayson Allen is the senior and Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Trevon Duval, and Gary Trent Jr. are the four talented freshmen? Well, obviously, on, on paper, it's a very similar uh, kind of situation. Um, that that team that won in 2015, you know, they weren't the best team all year, but uh, they did have a really good leader in Quinn Cook and obviously Tyus Jones, uh, Jalil, and uh, Justice Winslow, but also had some, you know, another guy in Matt Jones who was a, a veteran, yeah. a, a third-year guy. Um, you know, so it's shaped a little bit differently. But, you know, they, they didn't have the best year, but they came – uh, together at the right time towards the end of the year. And they, have, they obviously had some really talented players. Duke this year uh, got the same thing, very talented guys, one upperclassman in Grayson. And, um, you know, I, I, I just don't know with this team. I, I, I see the talent. I see when, when they're playing well, how very special they are. And uh, I could very much see them making it to the Final Four. But, uh, you know, with them, it's just been about their consistency. Um, you know, I think Grayson's done a good job leading them. I think that he can obviously be better in the way that he plays consistently. He's played well recently. But, um, you know, I, I couldn't tell you. Some other Duke teams, I can make a better prediction. Yeah. And I believe in this team. I just think that, um, you know, they need to, as they go into uh, postseason play, you know, really come together and, um, you know, decide that they want to play a little more consistently than they have. And I, th I think they will, man, because I, I think this is a, a good group. Coach K, if they don't do it, I think Coach K will be really disappointed because um, he knows how good they, they could be. These guys together a year or two from now, um, I don't think anybody could beat them. Right. Of course, there won't be them still in college a year or two from now, but that is a fun <laughs> picture to not. even imagine. I'm with you. I've watched Duke play in almost all of their 30 games. They're 24 and six. They're second in the ACC, and I wouldn't have to. I would not want to have to bet a large amount of money because I think they're capable of either winning the whole thing again or losing in the first weekend the way they did th uh, three times just in relatively recent memory under Coach K. It's, it's going to be a fun team to watch, but also an unpredictable team to watch. When you guys 
came off of a loss. And I don't know how much you dissected the video or the big picture. But on the, this week's loss at Virginia Tech for this year's Blue Devils, Grayson Allen attempted more three-point shots than Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter Jr. attempted two-point shots combined. And I know you can't only draw so many, so much from a box score, but I watched that game as well, and it just felt like, A, credit to Virginia Tech for playing good defense, but at some point you have to remember that Bagley and Carter are your lottery picks, right? And, and Duval and Allen and Trent, Trent, while good players, can't forget where their bread is buttered. How does that conversation typically go, as you would imagine that kind of behind the curtain? You know, I said this in the beginning of the season. Uh, I was doing some work with ACC Network. Um, you know, I always felt that as talented as Bagley was, and I don't, I don't know if anybody really thought um, that he'd have the season that he's had. Because he's played very, like, unbelievably special. Um, you know, I still always thought that Grayson should consider himself the best player on the team. And he has a chance to, um, or at least in the beginning of the season, had a chance to... Um, you know, get a lot of the accolades, the national stuff, the ACC Player of the Year stuff. Um, I, I think he still should have that mindset. Not that he they would turn out that way, but that they need him to have that kind of mindset for them to win. Um, you know, for him, not, I, what was the number of threes he shot? I, I, don't, I don't remember the number. It was in double digits. I think it was 15 threes. Ooh. Yeah, that's a lot of threes, man. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, right? Threes. And I think, how many did he make, Darren? Did he make, he made four out of 15 threes. I mean, right. A, it's a low percentage. B, there's guys named Bagley and Carter who didn't have that many two-point attempts. I mean, again, if I'm, if I'm a Duke coach or a former Duke player or anyone else wishing good things for the Blue Devils, those are not the numbers that I want to see, even though I have respect for Grayson Allen in his game. So here's the thing. So in, in a locker room or a, a meeting afterwards with just the coaches, um, if Coach K goes through that tape and he looks at it and says, okay, that's a good three, that's a good three, that's a good three, and there's 15 of them, yeah. he has no problem with, yeah. well, maybe if, if it's not Grayson, you know, if it's somebody maybe like Trayvon who, you know, can improve on his three-point shooting. Right. Um you know, Gary Trent could shoot that many if they're all good threes. Yeah. You know, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna really dwell on um, how many he's taking if they're good ones. And he's a really really good three point shooter. If uh, if uh, Gary Trent, who's shooting close to 44 percent, shoots has fifteen good threes, you shoot them all. Yeah. You know, and you live and die with it. So that's just the game. That's how Coach K uh, thinks. That reminds me of Chris Collins' favorite story to tell, or at least my favorite story to hear from Chris Collins. He got the, the eternal green light from Coach K during Collins's. I think it was his senior season where maybe the Devils did not have as much talent, and it was clearly right. Collins' team. And he said, you know, it, it was, it was uh, most of the time it was, of course, you want all coaches, avoid bad shots, take good shots if you have a good per, uh, percentage from long range. And Collins said, I'm pretty sure it was his senior year. You might remember some of these. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he's he's told- like, Coach K said, you know, get off the bus. You're in range, man. Take whatever you want right. to take. Hey, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. So, so uh, CC, he, um, he was there during my time, recruited me, and re- really one of my really good friends. Um, you know, to this day, one of my favorite people uh, in college sports to this day. Seriously. I I just love him and Um, his family. You know, we, yeah, yeah. 
Jason Green. He's you know he's doing a great job up there at Northwestern. Um, but you know we we met. We used to meet all the time. I come in his office. We go through film. You know we we sit down, just chop it up. And um, you know like my freshman year, uh, we weren't as good. You know I you know we had a lot to learn, especially myself as a as a young player. And you know I used to like to shoot like fadeaway. Um, long twos, you know, like yeah. Kobe Bryant was my my favorite yeah. player. So I try to be like Kobe, man. I'd shoot him, you know, I'd make it or miss it. And so when we would watch it in the field, Coach K would be like, "Look, man, that's not a good shot. Gee, you'll never play here if uh, you keep taking those kind of shots, man. You know, honestly, you got to give it up. I know Kobe's your favorite player, but uh, you know, you're Gerald Henderson, right? So he'd say that to me and try to, you know, he get into he get into me a little bit. So then. Come my last year at Duke, when I had evolved as a player, you know, when I would shoot a the same shot, fade away to make or miss, you know, we'd be in a, a film session. And I remember specifically one time I missed one and like almost airballed it. And coach was like, hey, you know what, guys? G's going to take those kind of shots. He can make them. And we're just going to live and die with that. And wow. I said, man, what have things changed <laughs> over two years? Hey, man, you earn your stripes in life, right? You earn your stripes under Coach K as well. Gerald Henderson, Jr., we get to call him, NBA player, former Duke star, and the co-host of the Tobacco Road podcast with UNC's Tyler Hansborough. On Twitter at Tobacco Road Pod, on Twitter at G underscore Hender 09. Any uh, other website or information that, uh, that I should mention where folks can follow you and track you down as we thank yeah. you for your time? Well, I, I don't hear if you mentioned it on Instagram and uh, and Twitter. It's G underscore Hender09 okay. um, for the Tobacco Road podcast. We'll record one uh, early next week to talk about the game on Saturday. Nice. And uh, hopefully Duke will win, so we'll have some really good things to talk about. <laughs> Very cool. Thanks for the time, as always, on the David Glenn Show. All right, now. Good to see you, man. Good you too. To you.